0: This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest.
1: Hi, this is Lorraine Ball, and I guess I would describe myself as a digital marketing strategist. I've done a lot of things over the years, but what I really enjoy doing is talking about marketing and talking about how business owners can use digital marketing.
0: Lorraine, thank you for being here. This is going to be a great conversation. Everyone loves to talk about SEO. And uh, I know we'll get into it because it just seems like for so many firms, SEO feels like the golden ticket that everybody thinks is basically the all-encompassing answer to their their marketing questions. So uh, we're going to dive into that. But... Let's get started with the question on everyone's mind. Today's episode's big question is why focusing on keywords is the wrong approach to win the SEO battle. So why is that wrong?
1: So keywords are what Google wants, sort of. But here's the thing. Last time I looked, Google wasn't spending any money with you. Human beings are. And so if you are in this all-encompassing battle to get to the top of the keyword rank, So what? I love that. It's so true. I think so many firms lose
0: sight of the idea that they're not trying to win the Google race. They're trying to win the client race. You know, At the end of the day, you are really trying to capture that client's attention, not Google's attention. So how do you find balance with that?
1: What I'm going to recommend is not only good for building rapport with clients and actually building sales, it actually also keeps Google happy
0: oh, okay, that's perfect.
1: So it's not that I don't believe in SEO. I just believe that there's a better way. And the better way is to start with questions. What is it that your customers wanna know? What are the questions that they have in the different stages of the customer journey? when they're just starting out and they don't know what they don't know, when they are evaluating different providers, when they're ready to make a sale at each step along the way, they have questions.
0: Yeah, so how is that? how does that look different from keywords?
1: So y- it, it looks different because instead of optimizing for a keyword, I have a question and then I just answer it. And this is the thing that just really amazes me is people obsess about getting keyword hardwood floor, hardwood floor, hardwood floor on their website, right? Truck accident attorney, truck accident
0: lawyer, truck accident lawyer in X city. (laughs) Yes, yeah.
1: But that's not what people are doing. People these days are using voice search, and so they're asking a question. But then here's the kicker. They're very niche. Something like a third of all the Google searches every day are completely unique. Think about all the searches that have already occurred And it's because we're not doing furnace repair anymore. We're doing, Siri, why does my furnace smell funny?
0: Oh, that's a great distinction. So I want to just focus on that, pull out that quote that you just said a minute ago, because that kind of, my head exploded for a second. A third of the Google searches are unique. So they have not actually been searched before.
1: Mm-hmm. It used to be a half, and I've see, I've seen data now that says it's it's less because clearly there are lots of searches, but it's because every human being phrases it just a little differently, and so you can't optimize for all of those variables, but you can optimize for the questions. And I'm amazed, like when I work with lawyers or and and particularly you know legal professionals where the copy gets very redundant because they're like, how many different ways can I say this? But then I take that question and I go to their website and I go to the search bar and I type in, what can I expect when I work with a personal injury attorney? What should I bring to my first meeting when I'm meeting with a personal injury attorney? These really niche questions that real people have and nothing comes up because there isn't a blog post. You can't do it on your pages. You really have to do it with blogs, but there isn't a blog post that answers that
0: And who knows these questions better than the attorney themselves? So it really is putting the power back in the attorney or the firm themselves to understand their clients better than handing over the control of that marketing to some random SEO person. Who has never probably been in your firm, who has never met with any of your clients, who doesn't have any idea what they're asking, who really doesn't get to the heart of what's happening inside that firm. And so, of course, the approach and the strategy is kind of random and generic.
1: Absolutely. So now you've got these questions. And so, I mean, if you're not sure what the questions are, go to your email. Look at what's in your inbox. Look at the responses that you've already written because you've you've got it. You start using that content. Now, the next thing that you do when you kind of are like, okay, I've run through all the questions I can possibly ask. Go to Google and type in that question, and Google does something. It will show you a list of other things people have asked, related questions, and you're like, Wow, I always talk about... Oh, yeah, that's a good the, one. <laughs> you know, I always talk about this, but I never talk about that. But, but I could talk about that. And now you've got an expanded list of questions. And if you really want to go crazy, there are two websites that I just love. Oh,
0: what are they? This is great. I love having resources.
1: One is called Answer the Public, and the other is Ask Socrates. Answerthepublic.com, Ask Socrates. What you do in Answer the Public is you kind of type in your, you here you do kind of type in the keyword phrase and it gives you this wonderful visual map of related phrases and questions. It's a really cool visual. And then with Ask Socrates, it's actually tapping into the Google algorithm so as you put in your question, it's going to give you those other all those
0: other questions. ones. Oh, my gosh, that is fantastic. I love those resources. We will link to those on the show page and probably in the social media links as well, just because that's so helpful. So playing devil's advocate for a moment. If I'm let's say I'm a personal injury attorney in Chicago and, you know, Down the main drag in Chicago, it's one building after another, one law firm after another. They're all going after these same big cases. And there's a good chance that a client is going to shop those firms in the same way. So why should I not try to compete on those big competitive keywords that those other firms are spending all kinds of money for?
1: So what I often find is that Companies spend a lot of money on the keyword and not on the customer experience when they come to the website. And so you get 100 people that come and 99 leave because they're disappointed. You are way better spending more time, more money, more resources on the customer experience when they come. Now you only get 20 people who come, but five are interested. This is where you take questions to that next level. Checklists. I'm going to draw the parallel. I ran a digital marketing web design company. And one of the things that always made us crazy is people came to us and they weren't prepared. So we created a checklist that you could download from our website to get ready for that first call. Having resources like that on your website that give people a chance, especially when they're in that early stage. I don't know what I don't know. Oh, five questions you should ask an attorney before you hire them. Okay. And now I get what I want as a consumer and you get my email. And they, like marketing agencies, this is not
0: something people do every Tuesday. They don't typically hire a marketing agency or a law firm on the regular. So it's not an experience they're used to. So getting them through that decision process and through the fear of, Not understanding what's happening is a huge initial hurdle that we all have to face.
1: Absolutely. You know, that's the thing when you're in any kind of knowledge business. Your customers don't even know what they don't know. And they're depending on you to help them through that. So that content on your website, short videos... And, and I know when I talk to lawyers, their definition of short is different than mine. <laughs> right. Let me let me let me clarify yeah. this. Short is like a minute. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? I
0: say all the time. I have attorneys all the time who are like, "Can I just have a five minute call?" And my re- I have a canned response for this now because it comes up all the time. I have never ever had a five minute call ever. I've been doing this for thirteen almost fourteen years. Five minute call with an attorney is a unicorn. It doesn't exist. And they all think, oh, yeah, it's just five minutes. They all ask for it.
1: (laughs) And I'm not just in the profession. My dad was a lawyer, so love lawyers. But your world is about words. It's how you earn your living. And what I'm asking you to do in content marketing and in digital marketing and social media is give me your words in little bits. Now, if you really want to get long, the place to get long is in a blog post. Go 1,200 words, but give me subheads because you have me and you have my husband, and my husband will read every single word, and I'm going to jump. And you want to keep both of us happy and get us to the bottom of the page where that next step is.
0: Exactly. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen this too. those eye tracking surveys about how most people read is in that F shape, and they scan and you know, no human actually reads the way my kindergartner reads where she is sounding out every letter of the word. Eventually, we get to that point of mastery when we read where you're glancing and you're you're recognizing words, you know, for their whole shape. And so everybody's scanning through that's just the natural human way. So if you give them way too much dense paragraph of content, their brain is just going to be overwhelmed and they're, and they're going to be turned off. So I think everyone knows that kind of instinctually, but lawyers feel like, but I just have to say a couple extra things. I got to
1: just squeeze in a little bit extra. But and, and you know what? What happens is on the one hand, Google loves keyword rich content, but they hate a high bounce rate. And that's also one of the things that goes against you so if i get to a page where there is just this really dense copy and i bounce away because i don't want to read it you've actually negatively impacted your seo ranking because keywords are a small piece of your overall seo score it's did people stay? Did the page load quickly? Did they click through to some other piece of information? And you lose all of that if you go too dense
0: on that copy. Yeah, it's basically asking, are they finding value here? And then this comes back to your what we talked about in the beginning where you said, what is that customer experience on your site? Let's start by thinking about how you can provide that value that's going to keep them there, not just get Google there, but keep that actual human being on your site and finding value. I think that's really the piece where so many people... First of all, I think they think that's that's a lot of extra work. I don't really know if I want to do all that.
1: <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, it's, it's, it's like if you go old school, it's like hiring somebody to set appointments for you and then showing up in a t-shirt and pajamas cutoffs and floppy yes. and floppy and, and flip-flops. Yes. You know? <laughs> you're you're spending so much of your time trying to bring people in the door. You're advertising. You're doing Google AdWords. You're optimizing your website. And then they get there and they're like, ooh, ooh no. <laughs> I love that visual.
0: I am totally picturing like some college kid sitting back with, you know, their pajamas on and It just is such a waste because like you said, you have put all this money and effort into it and then you just totally drop the ball. So yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay. So Lorraine, as you know, our audience is full of tireless lawyers who don't have time to read all the books that aren't worth it. So what's a book that you read that is worth their time and effort?
1: I loved Made to Stick. And there is an audio version, so if you're like me and you're high auditory and you like to multitask, it is a wonderful book to listen to if you don't want to read. It is great reading, it's it's nicely written, but it it really is about stories. And as, as a digital marketer, hard cold facts are great, but what what bring people in when they get to their to your website, when they get to a meeting with you, it's they want to know your story. And this is so many is filled with so many great examples of how people constructed and told stories and created
0: real impact. Yeah. So that actually comes back to do you have stories about your clients experiences with keywords versus these big questions that they should be answering instead of those keywords? That, you know, to
1: kind of bring it full circle. So one of my favorite, well, I have two, which is sort of me against the SEO establishment, okay? So the first one actually goes back about 12 years when everybody thought SEO was all about links. It was about who was linking to you and you, blah, 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 made my head hurt. And I said, you know, I really just want to create content that answers people's questions. And all of my friends told me I was crazy that I was going to lose the SEO battle, that I was never going to rank on play, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. You do you, I'm going to do me, and we'll see. And then there was that moment that Google, and I think it was the Panda update, said, you know, we're going to deprioritize links, and we really are looking for content that answers questions. Imagine that. And I'm sitting there going, "Um, guys. I've
0: been here for years.
1: Page one? <laughs> I had, I had a friend who had built his entire business around this link building strategy because he thought he had sort of locked it. And I'm like, you're gaming the system and Google is smarter than you are. He ended up literally closing his business and going off and doing something else. And I felt bad for him, but I was like, dude...
0: You're not as smart as Google.
1: No. And also they got their
0: eggs all in one basket. I mean, aside from all of those, you have to depend on Google's changing the algorithm all the time. But aside from all of that, SEO, even if it is a significant part of your marketing, it should not be everything. And so one Google algorithm change to take your business down, you should have been able to see that coming at some point if that was your entire marketing strategy. that's That's a little... That's
1: a little intense. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, it's funny. He's done well since. He's, he's a smart guy, and he figured out, you know, other things to do. But my clients, that update came out, and people were where they were. They they got their rankings. They got their traffic. The other one that really goes to content that answers questions. We worked with a company that uh, Randall Beans. We worked with them. I want to say ten years, and way back again, everybody was obsessing about Northern beans and white beans. And we took the content approach. And 12 years ago or 10 years ago, we wrote a blog post. What's the difference between a white bean, a a great Northern white and a Navy bean? We spent 10 years as the number one post for that question. And for 10 years, that blog post drove traffic week in, week out, 10 years, one piece of content. So we noticed that at some point we weren't on, we weren't the number one anymore. Somebody else had figured it out. So what did we do? And this is the thing I recommend to everybody. We re the blog post. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. I wanna hear more about that
1: too. What you do is if you've got a winner, you gotta remind Google that it's a winner. Hey, we're still here, hey. So go back, add a hundred words, add a picture, Add a related link. Now we we were fortunate again, Randall Beans. We had a website filled with bean recipes. So we just added links to more bean recipes. We added photographs and boom, we were back up in the top right. That's good to
0: know. Okay, because you know
1: if you're around
0: long enough and you're doing it right that should happen from time to time. First of all, your competitors should be taking note. And we all have these competitors who are kind of those little bottom feeder, kind of, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but just sort of those kind of soul sucking sort of competitors where they come after you. And they just go after the same thing that you're doing, which it's like, you know, that's kind of a sad strategy to begin with. But they do that. And so we all need to be Preemptive of that idea and thinking, okay, if I'm here at the top of the mountain, what's my plan for when people start to come and approach and try to, you know, knock me off the mountain? And even if you're not at the top of the mountain, even if you're on page one or kind of getting up there and doing well, you should have some plan for how you're going to sustain that that growth or that success or whatever the case might be. I think that's a really valuable little bit of, uh, because you put so much time and effort into that initial content too. So why not just go and take what's working and then just polish it up?
1: You know, Neil Patel, who I think is really, has sort of unlocked an, an SEO and, and has so many great tips. But one of the things that he said, and I think this may go back maybe two years ago, I was reading, he actually said he was writing less content because he'd been doing it for a decade. And what he did instead is he started going back and re-optimizing old blog posts. And if if you've been doing this for any length of time and you have a library, that is like the best thing in the world to do. And then just kind of revitalize a lot of that information. Exactly,
0: because you should have all kinds of data on that library. And anything that you post now that's gonna be fresh Is just a shot in the dark. Like let's hope it works and maybe it will, because you know, hopefully you've kind of figured out how to write some good stuff. But you don't have any data on that. All of this stuff that you've got there in your website, you already know what people like and what they're what's resounding with them. So, you know, use that as a starting point. It's got so much more information there for people to use.
1: And also your existing content is a great jumping off point. We did I did a blog post very early on called the Marketing Org chart. And it blew up. So there were four pieces in that blog post. So I wrote four companion pieces: the marketing org chart, a closer look at sales, a closer look at customer service, blah, blah, blah. And they all linked back. And then a few years later I went, Oh, there's a social media marketing org chart. So if you're, you know, if you're a lawyer and you've published something that you're explaining a particular law, and two years later that law changes. Or And and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, you want to get into, I, I always want to tread very lightly on the whole politics thing. But if there is a bill that is in front of the legislature that is going to impact your clients, without taking a stand, you can explain what the bill is and how it's going to work and really be a very knowledgeable and valuable resource for your community.
0: Yeah. And even if you have successes in your firm that are related to that practice area, you should be writing posts that link to those other posts and link to your practice area. And it should all, it should all be related. I mean, let's, let's hope you're not putting content in there that doesn't relate to anything, (laughs) any other part of your website. It should all have some ability to link to something else, right?
1: Yeah. And, um, I think even in the biggest, most professional law firms, at the end of the day, when somebody walks into your office and they've they've hired you or they've been assigned to you as their attorney, they want to know who you are, and some of the most valuable content are bios and not not the uh, resume, not the resume. Yes. You know, this is Moraine, and yes, she's got these credentials, but she's an amateur photographer. She's on the board of these organizations.
0: Yeah, and she has successfully accomplished the following things for these clients that uh, you can relate to because they have, you know, similar issues and, and complaints. Yeah, exactly. And to put some personality and like let people get to know you. And that also includes having your bio headshot not be 15 years old. (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh God, you know, and, 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 okay, this, I'm, I'm sorry, ladies, men can get away with it longer. Women, unless you haven't changed your hairstyle in, in two years. You're almost doing it every six months. I mean, you have a new hairstyle, maybe the color has changed. And the fact that if you do keep it updated, then you have the habit of it.
0: You know, when you don't keep it, I just redid my own headshots and I hadn't done it in a few years. And I'm just going to blame the pandemic, even though we all know that wasn't the case. (laughs) But when you haven't done it, it becomes a bigger project and all of that stuff because I'm out of the habit of it. It's like everything else. So just keep those things like your content, your, your headshots, all of that stuff. You keep a habit of those things so that, you know, it, it's not like it's like working out when those muscles don't get kind of all lazy and, you know, atrophied. <laughs>
1: Well, and social media rewards you for new cover photos.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, they every time you change your photo on Facebook, a little less on LinkedIn, but the algorithm is set up to share it. And so all of a sudden people see it and it gives you an opportunity to engage again in a conversation with maybe somebody who you haven't talked to in a while who needs to know what you're working on. Absolutely.
0: Okay, I got a little sidetracked on the book, but made to stick. We will link that in the show notes as well and on the on the website. Anything else that you want people to know about that book? It's, it's such a solid, uh, just kind of a marketing, almost like a marketing textbook. It's got so much great information in there.
1: But it's so, uh, it is everything I love best because it's very conversational and it's very readable. And it just, and the other thing is, you don't have to commit to reading the whole thing <laughs> you know you can you can read a chapter and walk away because the next chapter is another story about another company so it is very ma- it, it's really like manageable by its little lessons and i just think they're such great storytellers
0: they are. they're they're really lessons that everyone can learn from. And it's not a very recent book. So the fact that it's really sustained, you know, the the whole time of, all this time where all of these ideas that we're talking about really do change a lot. Google changes all their algorithms and all those things. So the fact that it's kind of stood the test of time is, is also a great indicator of how good of a book it is. So aside from the book, what's one big takeaway that you'd like people to take from this episode in general, just in in terms of our big question about keywords being the wrong approach and SEO and and how, you know, the content piece of it is, I'm sorry if I'm kind of filling. In the blank,
1: (laughs) let me let me stop talking for a moment so you can answer that question. (laughs) I think that you really said it in that very last phrase. The takeaway is: use your content to answer questions that real people who want to hire you have. If you do that well, everything else falls into place.
0: That's so good. That's that's such great advice. So Lorraine Ball is the founder of the Digital Toolbox Club and is a marketing digital marketing strategist. And thank you so much for your time today. I know this is going to be great information that people will find so valuable when they're putting together their SEO and their content strategies. So thanks again, Lorraine.
1: Thank you. This was so much fun.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.